I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and dive deep into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, Devo. I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. This is going to be a super, super exciting call. So I'm going to, before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and read your bio. Devo is a thought leader, photographer, videographer, blogger, serial entrepreneur, ex-college athlete, former corporate executive, a single father of two promising young ladies, and now an emerging strategy consultant and paid speaker who is fast making his way as an expert in creating digital architecture and help small businesses and entrepreneurs brand and market. Wow. I love it. So no labels. I love that. So it's always so funny to hear someone read about yourself. It's like, (laughs) wait, who wrote those lies? (laughs) That's funny. So Devo, tell me what you do, what you're about. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. So, well, you just read it. That's it. It's all there is to me. <laughs> I own a photography studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And for most of my career in that space, I operated in what I call human-centric photography, which is, you know, traditional weddings, portraiture, that sort of stuff. Around 2016, 2017, I started getting um, asked to do a lot of educational things, specifically for photographers. So I was doing some keynotes, some webinars, some physical education at conventions and things like that. And I started realizing that a lot of the people, especially entrepreneurs and specifically photographers that I was working with, there was a huge gap in their business background and their knowledge around branding and messaging and the importance of marketing and sales and all those things. And all they wanted to do was take photos. And really, in in reality, a photography business, it's about 20% photography and 80% business. So I started kind of crafting a new disposition in my brand which was focusing more on the branding side of things and really kind of helping entrepreneurs and small businesses really nail that brand message down and then mixing that with strategic content so that they could tell their story and have a resonant story that connected with their real buyer. And so now here we are today, 2022, Fusion still does the human side of things, but not as much as I used to. I used to shoot like 100 weddings a year. I'm only shooting small keynotes, uh, small weddings. I do a lot of some destination work. But the brunt of my work now is working with entrepreneurs, small businesses, photographers on brand messaging, content creation around that, social media strategy, and really lining their business up for scalable success. I love that. What I've noticed in the ethers is that because 2020 kind of made us do a lot of things differently and a lot of changes happened, what did you see happening in your business from a trend standpoint? For me, really, there was a lot of people who um, were sitting at home now, right? Suddenly still working their nine to five, but they realized that their nine to five was not as time consuming as it once was because they were sitting at home. And I can attest to that because I used to work in the corporate world for many years. And I worked from home a large majority of that. And I was like, what a time suck this is. I'm spending a few hours getting my work done and the rest of it just kind of sitting around waiting for work to come in. And so I think a lot of business folk realized that and sort of dawned on them that there was another opportunities that they could potentially use that time gap 
to start something of their own. So there was a sudden onslaught of entrepreneurs and photographers also that came out of nowhere that were now still working their nine to five, but because they realized they had so much time on their hands because they weren't sitting in their cubicles doing nothing, twiddling their thumbs, that they could actually use that time to maximize it in some other ventures that they had only ever thought about up until that point. So did you grow your business in 2020? Exponentially. And it was weird. I turned out to be a prophet because I had already positioned my brand to take on that sort of work starting around 2016. So I was already in that space. I just didn't realize how much I was in that space until all of a sudden the the deluge start happened. And I was like, whoa, I'm ready for this. So my calling has come. I love that. Okay. It wouldn't be a brand therapist show if we didn't talk about childhood. Do I need to lay down first? (laughs) You may, you may, if you'd like. Is there going to be some hypnosis involved? (laughs) There might be, there might be. I just got certified. Uh, really? Brand new certified hypnosis. Yeah. I don't uh, talk about that that much. I haven't, I'm, I'm still like getting through some of these things, but yes, I just got certified a couple of weeks ago. Well, you can't just drop that and not give more information on it. Whoa, whoa. Let's talk a little bit about that at some point. I want to hear about this. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. One of the reasons why I did it, same thing. You know, I noticed that there was a gap between my clients in the way that they were sort of wanting to create a brand, but they didn't want to execute on it or they didn't feel confident about themselves. Right. And I'm sure as a photographer, you know, this when pictures are involved in the thing and they see themselves in a picture, they, they either go, wow, I love it. Or I hate it. And it's not about hating the picture. It's about hating themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I noticed that I couldn't move forward until I was able to eliminate some of their limiting beliefs, some of the things that were holding them back. So I decided to do NLP, timeline therapy and hypnosis to really help them move forward on their destiny and to leave an impact in this world. Because as a designer or whatever you want to call brand expert, brand strategist, you know that you can do a lot of things on paper and have the strategies and have all that. But if the person's not ready for it, it's really hard to move anything forward. And so I decided to start not really execute anything until my client is completely and fully there to take on the world and ready to grow their business. Hmm. I love that. That's fantastic. I'm going to start looking into that. I'm going to use that before every session. And hypnotize all my clients. So regardless (laughs) of the outcome, they're going to love their content. Oh, that's funny. So tell me a childhood story that kind of got you to what you do today. I've told this story a few times because it really is the impetus for where I am. I grew up in a family of 12, really poor, didn't have a whole lot of things, never anything new. In fact, I didn't get my first pair of sneakers until I went away to college. Um, It was all hand-me-downs from my two older brothers. And the crazy thing is my brothers are like, 10 years older than me. So by the time I got their gear, it was way out of fashion or it was just on the cycle back into fashion. So I was either on the cusp, but my first experience with the, and I'd never had, I'd never had a camera before. And back in those days, um, we were still using film. So a teacher of mine moonlighted as a photographer. He always had a camera somewhere sitting around his desk. It was like a small 35 millimeter Nikon, nothing major, but I took it home with me one day. I stole it as a prank. I often was pranking him. And I took a bunch of photographs of me and my friends And then Monday, I returned it back to his desk and didn't think anything of it. And I don't know, a few weeks had transpired. And then one day he asked me to stay after class, which he did often. And he just dropped an envelope on my desk. And 
I opened it up and there were all these photographs of me and my friends. And I was like, holy F. I was like, those are photographs that I had taken and they weren't anything major. Like there was nothing special about them, but it was a moment that I had experienced weeks or even months before had, had completely forgotten about it. And here I was transported right back to that moment in time. And I was like, this is the coolest shit ever being able to freeze that moment and provide that for posterities and being able to just always have access to that. And I had been, I had not seen many photographs up until that point of like, we didn't have cameras. There was no photographs being taken in my house. And like, there's probably like three photographs of me as a kid in my entire possession right now. So that was really my first exposure to it. And I never really thought much about it up until that point. And, but that's how I got into photography and my love for just being able to capture something. Oh, I love that. So tell me a time where you were famous. What is your fame story? I think really my first time I realized that I sort of had a gift and it didn't lead me to any fame. But in my corporate job, I was asked to travel around the country for like three or four months and do training in front of several hundred people at a time on some stuff that we were rolling out within the company. And so here I was in these large conventions and, you know, there's several hundred people in attendance and I was cast among them up on the stage with a spotlight on me. And basically for an hour to two hours at a time, I would be educating and teaching people. And it was weird because like I had groupies. It was weird. <laughs> it's like after the session, I had groupies and I was like, wow, I'm kind of a badass right here. So I guess that was, yeah, like it kind of felt cool. Like now I know how people feel about being in the limelight. It's like, I think some people either flocked the light or some people are like, no, I'm way too introverted to handle that. But I'm definitely good under pressure and under a light, um, under a spotlight. And, and so I guess that would be, it's not anything famous came out of it, but it was still pretty cool. That's cool. I, I also, I interview a lot of athletes for some reason. Is there something about athletes that they have this performance driven thing inside of them that makes them the way they are? Absolutely. Sports teaches you so many things, especially team sports. It teaches you determination, it teaches you grit. It teaches you how to overcome fear. It teaches you how to be in the spotlight and perform under pressure. It teaches you camaraderie, teamwork, collaboration. It teaches you self-confidence. It teaches you the ability to sort of see yourself in a different light because you're out there performing. And a lot of times, if especially if you're playing an individual sport, like it's all totally dependent upon you. And if you don't perform, then you fail. And so you sort of learn as an athlete that I either show up or I go home and I'm either a winner or I'm a loser. And unfortunately, the downside of that, which I've learned in my later years, is that competition is good in a sense but it can also lead to a lot of bad denigrating qualities. Like if you take a look at us globally as a country, and I'm going in a direction you don't want to go as, as a world, like there's too much competition instead of collaboration. So it's good to a certain extent, but yeah, absolutely. Sports is a breeding ground for a litany of lessons. You're right. Like for me, bringing in a fellow brand strategist is great. There's enough clients for all of us. Why should we be fighting and I'm glad that you said that because early in my career, especially when I started going solopreneur stuff outside of corporate, I was always like, I'm going to keep my practices, my how of doing things near and dear because I don't want anyone else to copy me and steal my clients. Or and it wasn't until probably about five to eight years ago, it was about five years ago, when I started realizing that collaboration over competition wins out every single time. And just like you said, brilliant point, Yamilka, is that there are more than enough people that need your services. It's our job as branders. It's our job as entrepreneurs to market ourselves effectively so that we're speaking to the right people, not all of the people. Exactly. I love that. That's what yeah. it's all about. 
Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Tell me about your personal brand. You already kind of described a few personality or values that you have, but tell me in your own words, what is your brand about? I have a client who nicknamed me uh, about seven or eight years ago, the emotional ninja. And I've really taken that to heart because what that says to me is I have a very intuitive capability of connecting with people where they are. And that's always been sort of my brand in anything, my relationships, my friendships, is being able to connect with people from all walks of life and having a very quick snapshot of who they are and what they bring to the table and where they're able to meet me. And so I'm able to intuitively discover that. And and this is sort of a gift that I've been given. It's my superpower that I can read the room really, really rapidly. And I use that with clients to sort of understand where they are in the session. And then because I'm always sort of poking and prodding things, I'm really good at enabling people to step out of that comfort zone and into a space that they might not have done otherwise had they not been prompted or catalyzed by someone like myself. And so my brand is all about meeting people understanding very quickly and succinctly what you bring to the table and what your brand is and enabling you to see your superpowers and draw those out through my content, through my strategy work, through my branding, all those different things. And then the end result is, if you look at my photography, everyone that comes in the door for the first time, one of their first comments they will ever ever say, or whether it's photography or video or anything, is how real everything looks. And it's real because it is real. It's not contrived. It's not posed. There's no staging and just sitting there like faking your kiss and faking your lips. It's like, get in there, man. Get the bread and butter and make this thing work. And, And I'm really good at pushing people's buttons and getting what I want out of a session. And so I would say that's what my brand represents. Oh, I love that. Okay. So tell me, what is your greatest fear? I think that I live a fantastic life and I love everything that I'm doing and I don't want to live it by myself and I don't want to die alone. And I know that sounds a little bit weird and esoteric, but I think I I don't want to, I don't want to live my life alone. I want to be able to share this with somebody or several. I don't mean that necessarily in a romantic capacity, but it could be romantic, but just being able to be surrounded by good people, people that I can connect with on an intimate level and achieve something. I know it sounds a bit vain and narcissistic, but I would like to leave some sort of a legacy here, whether it's people's lives that I've touched or photography or the content. I don't want to just be like, I came in here and I lived 75 and a half years and then that was it. And there's nothing left of me to recall. So yeah, I think doing this whole rest of my journey alone and not leaving some sort of an impact on the, on the people's lives that I've touched. I love that. Okay. So now I want you to tell us a moment where you felt you were holding back. When was the moment that you were holding back that you recognized that? And how did you push forward? My entire life up until I got divorced, to be frank with you. I always knew that I could do something brilliant, but I, I think that I never believed in myself. I never understood the potential that I had within myself to accomplish great things. And I just sort of got, in, got on the treadmill of life. I, went to, uh, you know, I grew up, went to college, went to a school I didn't even want to go to. My dad made me, he's like, you know, you have to go to this college. I was like, I don't even want to go to that college. But I was like, I guess he's my dad. He knows best. So I'm going to do it anyway. So I went to the college I didn't want to go to. I did degrees, work that I didn't want to do. I graduated and I was offered a, um, a really cool high paying job with something I had no interest in doing. There was other jobs that I had been offered and all of them were much cooler to me. But I listened to my father and I listened to other people and I sold myself out to the devil, if you will. And I took these jobs and I lived and I worked and I, you know, I had the white picket fence and the two and a half dogs and, and the wife and the, and the big house and the big car. And I did all that. And I was like, what is the fucking point of all of this? Like I would go to work every day and I hate what I did. And I would come home uninspired and I married someone who I was not in love with. 
And I did that because I was fearful of being alone, which is my obvious life lesson in this in this dimension. And it wasn't until I got divorced that I was like, okay, I have a choice to go one of two directions with my life now. Either do something with potential and greatness or just stay on the treadmill of life and die lonely and, and normal. That was really, it was just sort of a turning point for me. Like, not that divorce was an epic failure because it's taught me some of the greatest lessons of my life. I have two amazing children from it, but it was not what I was destined to do. And I had a choice. And I, th- I think we're always faced with choices, right? Every single day we're faced with choices and how we respond to those choices is ultimately what decides our fate. And most of my life up until that point, I had taken choices that were not in my best interest or my greatest platitudes. And after the, my divorce, I was like, I'm done making poor choices. I'm going to step into my fear each and every time. And so every situation that I'm faced with now, I ask myself the question, which is the route of fear or comfort and which is the route of challenge and discomfort? And I always try to take the route of discomfort every single time now. Yeah, that's really, really great. And thank you for being so open to talk about that because I remember being in corporate myself, I was had an opportunity to do something a little different And I went to my friend and I said, oh, I'm kind of freaking out. This is happening. And he's like, change is good. Mm. Change means you're growing. Change means so many good things. And he made me really feel good about that. But it is kind of like scary. And you hold yourself back a lot of times because you're not sure what's on the other side. Until, you know, until you break through and you learn all these amazing things, right? That you can be better for your clients, be better for your family, be better for everybody else. Because holding ourselves back just hurts, not just you, but hurts everybody else too. Now, you you mentioned something that I, I want to kind of uncover. You know, when we want to leave an impact or when we kind of surround ourselves with these amazing individuals, tell me about a mentor that really helped you kind of move forward. I've been blessed with some really good people. I don't know that I have any one person in my life. I have a business coach right now who is really near and dear to my heart, who is helping me really propel my brand into a different stratosphere that I had not been able to do without him. I have another uh, business coach that I had worked with in the past, and she did the same for me. Um, I've had some incredible partners in terms of friends and relationships. There's a bevy of people that I've been blessed to have grace this planet with that have all inspired me in a variety of different ways, some personal developments, some professional developments, some emotional development. There isn't any one person, to be frank with you. I, I'm quite lucky that I have just some amazing people in my life. And I don't mean that to be cliche. I really do. I really do mean that. I mean, we can't do what we do on our own. I think we always need other people to propel us. So it's great that we have these individuals. And that's why it's so important to either have mentors or guides or whoever it is. And have as many as 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 you can have because doing this on your own is just really, really hard. I have another piece of there that has been interesting to me in the last few years. And this is going to sound a little bit out of character, but my children have been great mentors for me in a lot of ways. They're untethered souls and they haven't been tapped into the bullshit and nonsense of grown-ups that most of us live in now. I'm often amazed the candid advice that my children giving me, even if it's not requested. And I'm like, okay, I was mad at you. But now that you say it that way, I'm actually, that's actually a really brilliant point. So I should really consider that. So my children as well, surprisingly, not a lot of people think that their kids could be mentors, but my children are, they've been unmarked by society still. And they're very clear on on the things that they want out of life. And they're not afraid to share that with me, which is quite impressive. It is quite impressive. This new generation of children are to the point, and they're doing some really, really good 
things for not just the humanity, but also for the planet, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty mm-hmm. incredible. So let me ask you this. Tell me three lessons learned. Don't allow your ego to make your decisions for you. Ego gets in the way of absolutely everything. This is not a secular statement, but I heard something from Deepak Chopra once, he, and he said ego stands for edging God out, and he just means God metaphorically in the sense of we are all gods. And when you get your ego involved in your decision-making and your life processes, you're edging God, you're edging your inner power out of the answers. And so I think a lot of my life I've lived by ego, and I'm very, very focused on trying to not make decisions around that. I think lesson number two is that I try to do everything as a solopreneur. Because it was my business, it was my brand, I knew best. And it wasn't until I started realizing that I needed to surround myself with really qualified people to help me build the brand. Even if it meant I didn't make as much money doing so, I could compound my growth 10 times faster by having good people in my space helping me do the things that they're good at, as opposed to me trying to do everything at once and burning myself out. That's number two. Number three, on the other side of fear is opportunity. And really, truthfully, I know that sounds cliche, but truthfully speaking, if, if we can learn to just live our lives like water, and I learned this from the Tao Te Ching. If you've never read that, you should open that book and read it. It's written about 2,500 years before the Bible ever came into fruition. It's brilliant. And it sort of, it sort of has, has, has a couple of sayings in there that really have resonated with me is water doesn't really fight anything. It just sort of flows all the time. And it ebbs and it weaves and it moves against rocks and moves against whatever impediments in its space. And it doesn't stop. If there's an impediment, it just sort of weaves its way around it. If we can learn to live our lives like water, which is just free and flowing and not always being so obtuse and like, I have to hammer my point home or I've got to be right, or I have to be the number one. And we can just sort of flow with things. Everything sort of falls in line with you a lot easier than it had had otherwise. Wow. I love those. And I love the metaphors. They're amazing. Thank you. So tell me, What's your vision of where you're going to be in the next five to 10 years? Like as in what animal do I want to be when I grow up? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I'm really, I'm in the middle of a rebrand right now. So I had two separate companies up until about a year ago. I'm morphing those two companies into one and then rebranding them both. And one of them is going to still do the human-centered photography. The other one is going to be focused on the branding. But I'm really trying to get a speaking career and education career off the ground. I'm launching a new concept called Photography House that is specifically geared and engineered towards helping photographers grow their brand using business practices, not just photography. So I've given myself a goal of launching that in the next 100 days. And and that's going to be a launchpad platform for a bevy of other things, retreats, workshops, online work, et cetera. So I really want to get that thing going. And then I've got a couple of other side projects that I'm currently working on right now that I'm not going to go into too many details on. But I'm really kind of working on those that were going to um, give me a lot of different freedom aspects that I hadn't had up to this point. Oh, that sounds pretty amazing. And traveling. I love traveling. So I'm going to continue traveling. Traveling uh, all over the world. All over the world. I'm headed to your neck of the woods in a couple of weeks, Peru. Oh, so I'm, I'm actually from Venezuela, but Peru. I know, but it's nearby, sort of yeah. close. So are you... Going to the Andes Mountains or? I'm, I'm there for work initially. And then okay. after that, I've, I'm going to go do all the major tourist things, just kind of doing a, a road trip. Peru is, I mean, I, I was there when I was little, so I was uh-huh. seven years old, but Machu Picchu is pretty incredible. I've heard. So I'm definitely going there, but I've got a bunch of other stuff that we're going to target. Some of my really close friends have lived in Peru. So I've got like a bucket list of things that I'm sort of working out right now. 
Do you speak Spanish? Poquito, but not enough to tra- enough to understand where I'm, what I'm doing. Uh, I, I go to Mexico a lot, so I kind of understand. And I grew up in San Diego, so yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So tell us, where can the audience of listeners go and find you? Thank you. I think the best place to find me um, is on Instagram. That's where I, that's my little social sandbox, and that's Fusion F U S I O N Photog, short for photography. Fusion Photog. My website is fusionphotographystudio.com. So those are probably the two best places to find me. I was looking at your Instagram and it's really fun. And yes, you're right. You capture the moment. You're not hiding behind the camera or you're not trying to put the perfect picture out there. So I love that. Thank you. I so appreciate having you. You've been amazing. You know, I always tell people like, why do you do your podcast? Because I enjoy interviewing people and talking about them. Mm -hmm understanding the story, what they've been through. is just so, so much fun. And I always have fun every time I, I do this and learn about other people and what they do. Thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you. Hopefully in a couple of years, we can find out where you're at Devo and what you're doing and seeing all the amazing things. And I can't wait to see in these next hundred days of you launching your incredible retreats and all this stuff, all these new stuff that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on the show. You're going to have to come on my show now. Yes, I would be happy to. I have a podcast. I'm, uh, we're on our 90th episode now. Okay. So tell everybody your podcast. It's called A Little Impolite. And it's not dissimilar to what you do. It's um, interviewing entrepreneurs. We take a look at what their superpowers are, what, what it is their gift is to the world. And we break that down and have conversations around it. I can't say that it doesn't go down uh, multiple rabbit holes. But it's really just connecting with amazing people that are around the planet doing amazing things and sharing their stories with the world. And it's called A Little Impolite. You can find it on all the major channels, Spotify, Apple. Uh, It's everywhere. So That is great. I can't wait to be on it. So thank you, Devo. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, everybody. And I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you'd like to connect with me on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding, Bespoke Branding Agency, or email me at yamoka at yamoka.com. Thanks for listening.